0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Cast Dice, the podcast that explores the great big wild world of tabletop gaming that exists today. It's been said once or twice, mainly on this podcast, that we are in the middle of a gaming renaissance. There are just too many good games that we can spend our hobby time and our hobby dollars on, and that can lead to a serious case of not knowing what to play next. And I guess that's the purpose of this podcast. It's to talk to the people who create these games, to talk with my friends about the games that we enjoy playing, and to talk about big industry events. Now, today is one of those special episodes where we get to sort of combine all three. I have a very special guest on, a man who's been on a few times in the past, but sadly has not been on in quite a while. And there are other games that he has been putting out, and uh, I've heard wonderful things from people who've been playing it. But going live as this episode goes live is a new Kickstarter for the second edition of a really exceptionally rad historical game that I love the look of. And I cannot wait for version two because it is a new version. It isn't just a reskin with a couple of new models, and it's pretty damn exciting. Now, of course, if I'm talking about a man who's got his fingers in a lot of pies and it puts out some pretty awesome quality historical games. Of course, I'm talking Footsore miniatures, and of course, I'm talking to my main man, Andy Hobday. Welcome back to Cast Dice, sir. Welcome. Wow.
1: <laughs> what an amazing introduction. Thank you very much.
0: Brother, it is always a pleasure to have you on, and you used to come on more regularly. I know it's just been a scheduling thing, but let's talk, before we get into the Gangs mm. of Rome 2, let's talk baron's war because you've recently okay. put out another kickstarter for that and yes there was the whole royal shipping mail situation yeah. but that has resolved itself baron's war has gone out it was very successful kickstarter for you guys talk to us about how uh baron's war has gone for you guys at footsore and um
1: how is yeah, that process? yeah 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 uh, it was uh We actually, uh, it's our fourth Kickstarter uh, Mm
0: -hmm. for
1: the Baron's War. We moved the action from the green fields of England to Outremer, so Mm -hmm. into the desert. And we weren't quite sure if people would come along with us, uh, but that was totally, you know, dumbfounded, you know, uh, to expect that that was going to be the case because it was, like you say, the best uh, supported Kickstarter we've done so far for the Baron's War. Uh, It started back last year, May 22, I think. And Mm -hmm. as you say, about four weeks ago, we shipped the last of the pledges uh, in the mess that was Royal Mail uh, and their their, uh, systems being hacked. But it feels like the last of the pledges are landing. So uh, that's really good news.
0: That is good news. And it is really exciting to hear that, You know, the more you guys use Kickstarters, Mm. the more successful it's been for you. Now, I do want to clarify. I know that Kickstarters can be controversial. We've talked about that Mm. on the show in the past. But you guys are a smaller independent game company. You have, as Mm. you said, you don't beat it into the dirt. This will be your fourth Kickstarter overall. And or this was, I should say. Mm. And um, you're using it to help develop the games that you put out new and exciting projects. It's got to feel good that people are supporting and are interested in the games that you're putting out.
1: Uh, It's a great feeling. And, you know, to be honest, I was in that camp uh, uh, three or four years ago when we first looked at Kickstarter. And I I have a real passion for the Baron's War and the figures, etc. And I wanted to... Uh, add them into Futsal's uh, release schedule ex- and, mm-hmm. and have them made. But we just didn't have the budget for it. So that was the first time we went to Kickstarter. And initially, it really was to just kickstart a small range of Baron's War figures so I could really get some, tick the box and work with Paul Hicks. Uh, but it, it, it was really, it's been I believe it's been driven by the backers. The backers have come on. We formed a community around the game, around Baron's War. And uh, each time it's been successful. So uh, it spawned the rulebook. It spawned more miniatures. And I think uh, Outremao is about 40 packs. We've done about 40 figures, about 96 figures we managed to release. I, we couldn't have done that as a, a small independent uh, hobby business. We couldn't. We don't have the budget to do 96 figures in one go as a range. So that's what we're using it for. You know, it really helps us.
0: That's really exciting because it, people really do get the opportunity to vote with their feet or their wallets mm. in this particular case. And if it's something that they're interested in, they can get more of it. And you know, as a game company, as someone who's worked in sales, and I know you have as well, mm. um, it's sometimes hard to tell what the next thing that will sell well, what will capture the audience. Some things you know or some things you can yeah. anticipate and you can pray and hope and you know, they usually work. But then there are those things that, as you say, are those passion projects or those things that you are really into and you're hoping they land, but you're not always sure. And it's, yeah. it's got to feel really good that other people share that passion with you.
1: Yeah, it, it does. And, it, it you know, it, it's, exa- you know I, it's exactly that, Brad. You know, uh, at the end of the day, uh, it has grown because of the demand for it. Uh, and it's not just the figures, the game. You know we've got three we've got a rule book there's two supplements now including utramar supplement. uh there's more people coming on board there's people who want to write for it i've been contacted people saying we want to do this supplement book we want to do that supplement book and it, it's just really rewarding you know and it feels like it's being community driven and awesome. uh it's just it's just great it's great
0: It's awesome well we are not here to talk about baron's war although god i i missed the opportunity to have you on for that but we are going to talk about your first proper released game through futsal. We're yeah. talking Gangs of Rome 2. For those who aren't familiar, what is the Gangs of Rome?
1: Okay, yeah. G- Gangs of Rome uh was a concept by a chap called Darren Evans who works at futsal. He's our mail order guy and he's he's a a massive uh fan of Rome and this concept that uh there were actually rome was quite lawless for a while uh and uh the the men of power the men with money uh to to achieve their uh political aims they would send you know hire these gangs of ruffians or or gangs of whoever they can hire for money to achieve their political aims so you maybe it's like a bit of the early mafioso kind of thing so <laughs> they wouldn't they wouldn't get their hands dirty but know the streets would run with blood so uh no one would go out after dark that kind of thing and it was all about you know progressing their position of power so darren really liked this concept and he brought it to us and we talked about it uh five years ago was when when it was first done and uh the game developed uh into what was gangs of rome one and it's a simple, it's, it's a, you know, in its simple sense, it's a, uh, a gang fighting game, but over a 3D terrain uh, of Rome. And mm-hmm. uh, you build your, your, your gang fighters and you take to the streets of Rome and you duke it out. Uh, what made, made it very different to other games was Rome, as, as it, they, people always say, Rome is the mobs and the mob is Rome. So mm-hmm. we actually had, we, we, when we first played, it was quite empty. And we realized that we had to put the citizens of Rome onto the board. So we had this mob mechanic uh, where there was actually citizens moving around and you, they were like moving terrain and you could use them to block line sight. You can blend with a mob, all of these kind of really cool mechanics while, you know, traversing the terrain and and trying to actually achieve your objectives. So it, got, it became quite cinematic and quite exciting.
0: Yeah, because that is really a mechanic that makes Gangs of Rome so unique because so many games that we play, oh, there's a firefight happening or there's some sort of conflict, so everyone's run away. But as you say, it does feel a little bit like the Old West in a ghost town when you're playing a lot of these games because though you can interact with a lot of the terrain, you're not interacting Mm. with anything else. And the fact that 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 is small gang warfare or conflict Mm. in, in the streets of ancient Rome, you know, people may not know what's happening around them and they're still milling about. And just to give the heart and the soul of the city to this game is just such a nice touch.
1: It is. And, and you know, as you, as the game starts, your gang members are just people of Rome, you know, they're citizens of Rome until the action starts. So the mobs don't react to them. They can move around, you know, depending on obviously what, what they're carrying. If someone's carrying yeah. a a weapon, which you weren't allowed to do in Rome, obviously there'd be a different reaction. But mm-hmm. until the action starts, uh, you know, you, they're, they're just citizens themselves. So it, it's kind of that kind of feel before it all kicks off. So, yeah, it's good.
0: I love it. And for those wondering... This isn't so much a points buy thing, buy you know units and models and upgrades through um, army lists, and then show up with your gang to fight someone else's gang on a tabletop. So mm. much as it is scenario driven, you need to work out with your opponent what you're going to be playing, what the situation is, and then together you create your gangs. And you play to the mission. Am I getting that right? It's narrative driven.
1: It's t- Yes, it's totally narrative driven uh, and objective driven. Uh, and especially with version one, uh, when you bought your gang members with version one, they would come with a card. And each of those cards, we had 10,000 cards made and each of them was individual. So it created, yeah, I know, it was crackers. I mean, when I look back at it now, <laughs> I think about it now i think what a mad idea but yeah oh, really? there was 10, 10 different citizens of rome and there was something different on every single card and it was uh you ordered your fighter you got your fighter you got some equipment and it was all like blind mm-hmm. so as as you purchased them they were all became citizens of rome and, and away you went there, there was a there, there was a basic points on the card but all it was really was the add up of their stats so you could balance the game uh, but uh it was it was very simple, but it was that thing. you know, I would turn up with my five10 fighters, and each one of mine would be different to yours because each of the cards were different.
0: One of the big mechanics in the first edition of the game that has mm. changed between the first and the second edition is the coin mechanic. Why did that need to go? First of all, you may need to explain quickly what the coin mechanic was, and how has that evolved into what has become version two of the game?
1: Yeah, the, the the coin mechanic was we they, we called it a, a denarii, and there was three different types, and they were three different types of equipment. So they were they could be uh, a weapon of some sort, it could be a net, it could be pepper sand. It was all that kind of thing that they were carrying. And the way the mechanic worked was they were, it was a blind mechanic, so you didn't I didn't know what you were bringing, you didn't know what I was bringing, and we had a coin behind each of the gang fighters following them around right, until right. you actually activated it and you flipped flip the coin and then you found out what they were armed with and it was a it was a great idea uh but we then quickly realized uh you could just take the coins off and if i didn't tell you what i had in my gang until i used my gang fighter it kind of did the same thing
0: mm-hmm.
1: so it was a, it was a nice it was a nice mechanic and it was a nice thing to have but in reality it was cluttering the table yeah so we thought we we thought we would remove them what it what it did do was you you could only arm uh again your fighters with the coins that you had and again the coins came blind with your fighters uh and i like and again i like that idea but it was a bit marmite and for for anybody not in the uk marmite is a bit like vegemite and it's either you either love it or hate it and uh 50 percent of the people loved it 50 percent of the people hated it you know they felt as though we were forcing them to you know collect packs and yeah. it wasn't the case we kind of liked the idea that here's your fighters of different cards here's your denarii different types of denarii you use your skill to play with what you have yeah uh, but people we're all collectors so people wanted to collect all the fighters they wanted to collect all the denarii etc so it i think it put a lot of people off Uh,
0: so let's talk about version two. How has that changed and what are some of the other big changes that have happened between one and two?
1: Yeah. Uh, in, you can still, you can still use all your cards. So for all those people who have collected all their fighter cards, the fighters will just transpose straight into version two. And it's really important that I say this, all the, all the all the figures that you have, all the cards that you've purchased, they will all just easily just port in. You can use them as they are, uh, which is good, uh, the version two now we have tables you can roll your fighters up. So the many fighters that we the, the many tables that we use to generate the ten thousand fighters we've just made them available. And I think what we're going to do is we're going to create an online uh, push a button and generate fighters. So we'll do that too. So nice. that kind of mechanic, if you want that, you can do that and just have a blind draw of fighters. Uh, all of the stats are the same. We changed one from just the name of it, which is blood. To vitality and it just made a bit more sense to us vitality mm-hmm. and movement how how you're feeling etc and your wounds it kind of covered that but in all intents and purposes all the stats are working the same and uh all the roles are uh you roll off so if i'm attacking you and i have a, an attack value of five i roll five dice and i want to get successes. So four four pluses of successes. You defend with your defense value, you roll that many dice, and then we just pair off the successes. Any that are left, you know, cause wounds. And that's the same. We haven't changed that because it works and it's been really well play tested and it's quite balanced. Uh, but what we have changed is the way that you move around the city. And uh, I thought this this was quite complicated. And if we have all of the in, in version one, if we have all of this beautiful terrain and you want people to move around, it, et cetera, you want to make it, I believe you want to make it as simple as possible. Yeah. So uh, what we've done is we've created this. Uh, we <laughs> we called it an action stack and uh, it was just the name that we called it. And it hasn't gone. It's one of those things, you know, like when you play testing, and you come up with this term and it just it's never gone away. Yes. And, and so nope. it's, it's still the action stack. We haven't changed it. We haven't printed the book yet. So, you know, we'll see how we go. And the idea is to acti- still a bright, still a blind draw. You, everybody has one activation. If your uh, coin is drawn, you get to activate one of your fighters. Uh, what you do is you build an action stack. And this action stack is all of the possible actions that you can do. So it can be move, climb, leap, fight grapple you know bind blend with the mob that kind of thing and you make a decision from one to four actions of what you want to actually do so you can Mm. do one action which could be a movement or you could do four actions which could be move move fight climb so you you then declare that to your opponent and we have some uh tokens that you can put down on the board for those who uh well you know for when you start to, to mm-hmm. show what you're going to do so it's one two three four one two three how many actions you want to do then you uh roll the number of dice uh that is equal to your agility score so say i've got agility six i roll six dice and again i want successes so if i've declared i want to do three actions in my stack i need to get three successes and if i roll mm-hmm. three successes i can do it all if i can't and i roll two my my i still do those two actions but it stops at that point so that's the risk and reward so got got it that's that's a massive change to the game so what what that works is say you want to climb it doesn't matter how high the terrain is you want to climb say you want to climb something that's eight inches and your movement six you still climb eight inches so that climb is one move you know move up a ladder is one move so it breaks down into individual actions and all of a sudden it becomes really cinematic, really easy mm-hmm. to maneuver. And where the challenges are is that risk and reward. Cause if you fail climbing, you fall. So if you choose to climb eight inches and you fall eight inches, that hurts.
0: Yeah. I was going to say that doesn't feel good at all. Especially <laughs> no. since looking at all the wonderful Sarissa terrain on the gangs of war tabletop, I mean, just they tower over these models in some cases and falling off something like that. Yeah, those, those models are going to not enjoy that.
1: Well, absolutely. And 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 also there's two types of attacks. So you can have basic melee combat or you can throw. So there's a grapple. So if you're on top of a piece of terrain with someone and you win, you can throw them off. So it, it, can, it can get quite bloody quite quickly.
0: For people who are in version one mode if they really enjoy version one is there anything else that they should know before they consider buying version two
1: that that action stack is a big change uh the mob has changed as well what would happen in version one there'd be a housekeeping phase at the end and you would roll a roman numeral dice and depending on if you got a four five six they moved and they moved in the direction of the arrow which was a really nifty uh mechanic but what we found was all the mobs kind of just left the action so they were there and they were great but you had no real control over what they did what they do so what happens now is you put a number of tokens into the draw for half the number of mobs rounded up so if i draw a mob token i can actually activate the mob and that gives me a couple of choices i can either move them in any direction i choose up to six inches or I can try and agitate them. So I roll a dice and on a one or two, they run away in panic. Four or five, they stay where they are. Five or six, they'll attack the nearest fighter. So if you've got fighters near some mob, I can try and agitate them to attack you. All of, the, all of that living city feel actually comes in there. You, and you know, the blending mechanic is still there. So I can b- pop in a mob blend, hope that I get a counter, move the mob to where I want it to be and then I can pop out the mob and and achieve what I want to do under the cover of the mob
0: mob surfing
1: yeah absolutely mob surfing so that that really helps and the mobs can contain that state they did it the same Uh, it's very similar to version one however if they uh if you roll a one or two they're more likely to panic if you roll a five or a six they're more likely to attack and that state stays with them until it changes again you can start to play that and if a mob kills a gang fighter they stay enraged for the rest of the game so they will then just attack anything that comes near them so that's really quite a cool mechanic too and we changed it that if you blend with the mob you can't come out of a mob that's enraged Mm because they won't let you escape them so that that's a good change as well
0: oh so they get trapped
1: they get trapped in them yeah
0: I always do like to ask about missions and scenarios, really? and given that there's such a narrative focus for this, how yes. has um, the narrative structure for this game changed from version one to version two?
1: We made, we've made one massive change, and, uh, and it, it seems so, so, such a small thing, but it's changed the entire game, I think, which is in a normal objective-based game, you'd put objectives down. Uh, you either have to hold the objective by staying on top of it or you carry the objective off, off the board what we've done is said that doesn't happen with this because it's such a small uh, n- number count for the models on either side five to ten if you've got your gang members having to stay on top of an objective it kind of takes them out of the game and if they leave the table it's even though you've got an objective you're being penalized you the whole game runs for five turns you know so when you play but when you go on top of an objective, you pick it up and you carry it. So you are, you have that objective then, and you're still moving around. And obviously, if you get interacted with, the objective can be dropped. They can pick them up. Mm-hmm. So normally what happens is at the end of the five turns, it's the the, the gang which has is still carrying the most objectives is the winner.
0: I love it. And it means that you can actually go hunting for people if they have things. And it really does make it sort of dangerous, if you have someone holding an objective, do you run them towards your opponent? Or are you a wow. little bit more cautious? Yeah, you know, it's that those tactical decisions that really, you know, make a big difference life on the tabletop.
1: Yeah, and dropping them, you know, off the top of buildings to make them drop the objectives is always a good one. So that that does help, you know. It, it It's just changed the game so much. But what we've also included is we've included a scenario builder. So the rules are split into, there's some core rules, which are about 20 or 30 pages. So that gets you used to the action stack, moving, fighting, all of the core rules that you need. Then with the advanced section that comes next, it's up to you what you layer on top. You can carry on playing as is, or you can start to introduce these extra layers to the game. And one of those is uh, is a, a scenario builder. So there's some scenarios in the core, and then in the advanced, you just roll up and it'll build you a scenario to play.
0: I love it. So you never get the same thing twice. Plus with the mob mechanics where you're not sure exactly what the mob's going to do, it really does add replayability to this that makes each game feel different, doesn't it?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and that does that. And, and I think that was one of the things that version one was lacking. I think it needed more depth. And not only then with the advanced rules, we've also added a campaign section to the book. So you can actually now play campaigns. And this was one of the things that lots and lots of people were asking for. The campaign could run indefinitely. So you can, we could just play forever and your your gang changes, et cetera, as you go, or you can play for a set period of time. And whoever's, you know, at the top of the pile at the end of that period of time is, is, is the winner. And that really works well too.
0: The last time I heard you talk about this game, you mentioned how you guys partnered with Sarissa Precision, who yep. are makers of wonderful terrain. I have a bunch of their stuff. You asked them to make a couple things, and they made 30, 30, 30 0 terrain kits that were usable for ancient Rome. And then you mentioned that they might do more. Dare I ask where we're at with just because yeah. you really do want your tables. It is a small table because, you know, it's a skirmish yes. game. But yeah. you really do want your table to look like ancient Rome. And I, when I first heard about this game, I was like, yeah, but what are you going to use for terrain? Then I heard mm. about what Sarissa was doing. You can really go wild with making ancient Rome, can't you?
1: Absolutely. They have a, a range called Streets of Rome. And uh, you, can, you could use it for any setting for Rome, you know. Uh, but obviously, <laughs> for us, this is what it's about. And as you can see, there's a lot of Rome under construction, which is something that happened quite a lot were fires mm-hmm. and they would pull bits down and they would rebuild it and the narrative for us is a lot of the gang fighting is working in these areas that are under construction because a there's construction going on and and there's materials which are uh, uh you know worth a lot of money so they're sending their gangs in to do it or they're trying to claim this new territory so they've done a lot more of this this kind of stuff and again it makes it quite easy to navigate but They've also, there's, I think they've got. There's now a Colosseum under construction. They've done. Uh, there's so much. Uh, honestly, there's so much. And if you mix the two types, there's a bathhouse. There's uh, there's a villa. We take. We can also take the action out of Rome. So we've got rules for fighting in the local local villas. You know, not far from the city walls. Uh, they, they they cover everything. I, you know, I, I don't want to sit here and list it all, but they cover everything. They they have. You go and go and have a look. There's just everything you need.
0: Let's talk a little bit about the Kickstarter itself. Because, mm. of course, we've talked about how Baron's was successfully um, Kickstarted. This will be a Kickstarter. And as I plugged at the beginning of this particular episode, the mm. Kickstarter has just gone live, ladies and gentlemen. So go to Kickstarter and look for Gangs of Rome by Footsore Miniatures, and you are going to find it. Andy, talk to us a little bit about some of the new model types that we are seeing or character types that we're seeing in Gangs of Rome 2 that appear as part of this Kickstarter.
1: Yeah. Uh, So as you move into the advanced rules, what we've done is we've included five different types of fighters. So you've got your basic fighter. You've got your acrobat, as you can see there. uh, Your acrobat, when you're creating your action stacks, some of the uh the actions that they choose to do which are more agility based they're going to get bonuses so if you want one of your fighters to climb you know climb up a building jump across you know grab something and somersault away these are the guys that you want to do that uh your lead your leader is going to give more these are your your uh veterans You know they they become leaders because they're the ones who actually survive not through any any other any other reason it's their experience Mm -hmm. that that keeps them on on the table and their experience that keeps them being used by uh by the different uh senators and schemers uh your leader will give some more area-based help so if you're trying to pull something off these guys are going to really help you do that uh the thief well as a thief uh, they will be able to go around stealing equipment, easier at picking things up. They can sneak into the mob. If you enter a mob and they follow you in, they're probably going to walk out with your equipment. So they're the guys that are the light fingered guys. And then the brawlers are like, if you're, if you play computer games, they're like your tanks. They're the guys who are going to be at the bottom, protecting what you want to keep.
0: I love the, the, how some of the thief models, I know that you mentioned that they can blend into the crowd. I really like the texture cloaks that the miniatures have because it really does, it, it It gives that that feeling that they are kind of hiding what they are and who they are. And I like how they have their, you know, their weapons hidden behind the cloak. You have that wonderful model where the um, the the character is actually holding a cloak over what looks like a spear out of the other hand.
1: And they, you know. Yeah, just drawing you're, it out. Yeah, it's real.
0: Can't see what's coming. By the way, yeah. you're
1: about to get it that's the feel of the game absolutely yeah the the gangers are your are your uh you could say your like your rank and file however they you will be able to give them abilities as well so more so in the in the campaign game as they they uh, stay around they will gain abilities however what we don't want to do with the campaign rules is we don't want individual uh, gangers or individual thieves or whatever to just spiral out of all recognition and become like superhuman it's mm-hmm. more about your overall uh, in the campaign game it's more about you being a rich benefactor trying to get into the senate so all of the, all of your gang fighters everything that you're recruiting they're all expendable so that, that's the way it works you know it's all about everything you're doing you can actually uh there's off table machinations as well where you and i could kind of strike a bargain you know, you have this. I'll give you that, and then you give me it, and I don't give you the money. That kind of thing. So there'll be a lot of that going on as well.
0: Politics of Rome, absolutely. Well, with the actual Kickstarter itself, you have—I mean, obviously there will be add-ons, but you have two basic pledge levels, from what I understand. We have mm-hmm. the Gangs of Rome beginners. Um, what do people get with that?
1: Well, I, I believe we get—we're giving everything that you need. If you've not played Gangs of Rome at all before. This is, this is your starting point. You'll get the new rulebook. You'll get all the tokens you need. You'll get the seven of the Roman dice. That's all you need the D6s with the Roman numerals on. You'll get three mobs, which is a good number to have on the tabletop, and mm-hmm. two games. So you'll have eight, eight fighters. So there's enough there for two players to play, or if you want to have a bigger gang of eight and you're... You know, your friend also gets it, and away you go. That will give you two gangs. But there's enough there to get you going. All you need to add is buildings.
0: Now, that's for beginners. What yep. about for the veterans?
1: Well, again, we we're very sensitive to with the game being five years old. There'll be lots of people out there who already have lots of of miniatures for the range from the range. So we didn't want to make people have to buy loads of things again. Well, it's just the book and the tokens. So if you if you want to get into version two and you don't want to get anything else that is all you need.
0: I mean the miniatures are pretty sweet. Now there's all sorts of pledge add-ons here that are new mm. models but also models that have been seen before, right?
1: Yeah, these are these what we've done with these are these are all the original gangers. When we first released them they were all very much multi-part kits for the gang fighters. We've made them all into single piece miniatures now because one of the feedbacks that we had was everything was a bit fiddly. Mm-hmm. So it was like, here you go, single piece miniatures, off you go. Uh, the Inkala, all of these Inkala have been uh, uh, released before. Uh, we haven't, these are not new, but we've put them into good sets. But what we are going to do as well is, because it's a Kickstarter, make them really affordable. So they're, they're going to be really a no brainer to pick up.
0: Yeah. And it will really, it will really be a good place for people to you know, join in if they you yeah. know, haven't been playing for the last five years and they that's all right. of a sudden want to catch up and buy it. You know, as you say before, for those of us who like to do collect them all, um, yes. here's the chance, right?
1: Well, that's right as well. And and, and if you are a, a current player as well, there's a lot there that you could, if you haven't got it already, you'll be able to flush out your your current collection. That's the plan. Let's
0: start talking about some of the new models that will be yeah. available because it's there's some wild ones in there. There's a puppeteer and a leper yeah. and a dude who looks remarkably like Brutus with the scar down his face.
1: Absolutely, that's Priscus. Priscus Brutus as we've called him. He's going to be he's our narrator and he will be a veteran fighter that you can recruit in the game. So all the rules for him will be in the book. The leper and the puppeteer, they're both in color. So what the inkler, they, they're citizens of Rome and they set up like a mob, but they're individuals. And what they can do, they can either do good things or they can do nasty things to your fighters as they come close. So obviously with a leper, they're going to be an area control kind of character. Mm-hmm. And also he will influence the mobs. The mobs don't want to go near the leper. So they will. you'll be able to control the mobs around them. Uh, the puppeteer is my favorite. He's just distracting. So when you're building your action stack and you're near the puppeteer, there's a chance that he might eat up your actions because you want to watch him while he's doing his puppet show, but he's, he's absolutely crazy as well. He actually believes his puppets live. So his puppet talks to him.
0: I love it. I love it so much. You also have a whole bunch of new, uh, soldier models that come out with yeah. this as well or police.
1: Yeah. These guys, are, uh, uh, excuse my latin because it's terrible these guys are i call them vigiles and and what yeah. they were they were more firefighters and police but they were the type of firefighters that were if your if your uh, insula was burning down and you didn't have enough denarii, they probably wouldn't help you they were that type of firefighter but uh, over time they they got corralled into actually quite an effective force and most of the time they would be out in numbers at night and they would police the streets. But in our game, what we do is, we, if you're playing a nighttime scenario, there will always be some visual A's to start. If you're playing a daytime uh, scenario, we have a, a visual A countdown. And what happens is, every time the mobs become agitated, something happens or you activate the mobs, the visual A countdown goes down one. And when you get to zero, uh, a visual A appear. And they've come to see, how, see what all the excitement is and what all the fuss is. Mm-hmm and they will come they will come and arrest your gang gang fighters like the
0: puppeteer you also have some theatrical players that <laughs> are uh, on the tabletop with some pretty wild masks
1: yeah these these guys are another what we call Rome's most wanted and there's uh they, there's a number of like gangs or people in gangs who have reached that uh, notoriety status so we've had uh, the Sons of Orcus, we've had the daughters uh, of Sappho, you know, and, and others. These are a new Rome's most wanted. And you as a player, in a, in a normal game, you can take them and they'll have a points value, etc. Or in a campaign, you can recruit them into your gang. Well, these guys are called uh, the players. And they there was a, a type of uh, plays in Rome, obviously, this kind of tragedy and comedy kind of play. And this is what they're based on. So during the day or their day job is jobbing actors, but to make ends meet, they will, they'll take to the tabletop and they're the two, the two guys with the the tragedy and the comedy mask. They're really good uh, acrobats, really good agility. Uh, And the guy in the middle, who's their leader, who is minuscule. He, he is a real great tactician. So he knows where to put the gang. He's a, he's a cracking leader. So, the masks, the masks are actually based on, on actual Roman masks. And the one in the middle was found in the UK. So uh, Paul, Paul Hicks had made all these figures. He did some research into this.
0: That's brilliant. That is so cool. Well, man, eh, I have to ask, we've gone to Kickstarter. How long do people have to look? Because I know that sometimes people want to know how long these things last.
1: Uh, it's going to run till the end of March. So it'll be the last day will be the last day of March.
0: Brilliant. So you have the Ides of March to figure this out, folks. <laughs> Maybe not the Ides, just March, uh, but March madness. Am I mixing metaphors okay. and sports here? Something like that. Andy, I mean, clearly we've talked broadly about a number of topics with gangs of Rome. And I know that there's a lot more that I want to mention and talk yeah. about, but let's lean into is there what haven't we talked about that you think people should know
1: yeah uh, i think also when you're bringing a second like you said earlier bringing a second version out you know uh people question why that is we think we've made massive improvements to the game we think the game plays uh, a lot easier uh to as a as a starting point and it's a lot it's a lot simpler to get in i think we we overcomplicated it when we first release gangs around uh and what you had to buy what you had to collect uh because we got excited we had lots of great ideas and i think we over we over used them all we tried to shoehorn them all in and so with version two we've kind of stripped it back uh so starting is a lot simpler and then you can layer on top how you want to play so that that's the main thing uh it's still it's still the same game i can't stress that enough It's still about gang fighting in rome uh among beautiful terrain uh with the mobs mechanics you know uh you know and all of that feel is the same you know you can blend with the mob you can move around all your terrain the objectives that were clearer you know the idea of what you need to do each game is a lot clearer uh and i can't stress enough that we're very sensitive about moving uh people from version one to version two so you know there' was different bases. We've changed the base from the the jigsaw base, which was a great idea, but again, it was really faffy to put the things in. We've just gone for twenty five mil bases. however, we're not insisting anybody changes anything if they want to play with those bases, play with those bases. it's mm-hmm. you know it's about having fun, really,
0: yeah. and I mean, that really is the secret of it all, right? It's just to have fun and to make it as accessible for as many people as possible while still maintaining the heart and soul of the game, which is something I think you've done really well. Besides the Kickstarter, where can people find your company and the lovely wares that Footsore puts out?
1: Uh, Yeah, you can find us online, footsoreminiatures.co.uk. It's all there. Uh, You can get hold of us on Facebook. You can contact me on Facebook. I have a page. I answer everybody who gets in touch. You know, uh,
0: even me. It,
1: it, always you.
0: <laughs> we've we're talking Barons War, Gangs of Rome. Are there mm-hmm. are the two games we've mentioned repeatedly? But you guys have other stuff on your website as well. What else can people find at Flitzor Miniatures?
1: Yeah, we have Mortal Gods, which is a skirmish game based in ancient Greece. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've added mythical element to that so you know hydra and all the things that you expect to see medusa etc mm-hmm. uh that needs to be exceptional oh it's lovely and, and a lot of the monsters are being made by trish cardan so mm-hmm. very lucky to work with her so and we uh, on the futsal site we have a lot of her monsters as well she has a new range so they're worth checking out as well but we we think we need to go back next and Give uh, Mortal Gods a lot more love. That's the next next thing we're going to do, I think.
0: Andy, as always, I know you are super busy, and it's early where you are, and your day is just beginning, but I cannot thank you enough for taking the time for joining us today because, God, it's always good to hear what Footsore is putting out, and you guys make such great games. Thank you so much for making the time, brother.
1: Oh, it's absolutely my pleasure.
0: Folks, thank you very much for listening. Um, this is has been a request episode. Um, I was going to do it anyway, but ironically, after scheduling this recording with Andy, I had two people message to say, hey, are you going to talk to Andy about uh, Gangs of Rome too? Uh, yes. Funny <laughs> you said that. I am. So uh, this is a request, uh, although after we'd organized. If you have a request for future episodes, please do contact the Cast Dice Facebook page. C A S T D I C E. Um, you are guaranteed response by me. Hi, my name is Brad. Um, just remember, I occasionally sleep, and I am in Australia, so you know, sleep. Your sleep and my sleep are different times, so it might take me a few hours, but I promise I will get back to you. Um, I guess that just leaves us with Buddy Casey always says at a time like this, which is when you are playing the games that we know and love. I hope that your dice roll hot. I hope your beverages are cold. But more than that, ladies and gentlemen, when you are playing these crazy games, we hope that you are having fun. Stay safe out there, guys. gone and that-